Soy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I'm Trent, and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode... One, three, eight. This week on Toy Power, we take a look at all the latest news. We then jump into a book review as we take a look at a world without reality inside Marvin Glass's Toy Vault. And this is the wonderful book by Bill Paxton. We then round out the episode with Perfect Modern Toys. Joining me today in the Toy Power Studio, we have Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Well, hoi, hoi. And Scotty. Hey, guys, how are you going? We are good. And Scotty, you are going to feature heavily in our next episode. But for today, Scotty is taking the place of Darren, who unfortunately has come down with gastro. So sending out all our love and best wishes and hugs to you, Darren. Hope you're feeling better soon and a quick recovery. Yes, guys, I'm here today as the work experience boy. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to do a fine job because you've got plenty of experience already. First time on the podcast, but plenty of toy collecting experience. Absolutely, I do. does uh, (laughs) rank very highly in our book. So let's kick it off with our first segment. Three, two, one. Cue music. So what have you got for me? All right, so kicking it off in the Toy Power News today, this is one that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, We've mentioned many times the HasLabs Unicron, big crowdfunded massive size figure. And then on top of that, almost a release around the same time was the announcement of Zeta Toys were doing a core star figure. And just in the last week or so, if you were to try to go to their website or their Facebook page looking for it, it's gone. It just doesn't exist. It never existed. It's just... I can't explain what happened to it. And there was a lot of speculation going around. I've seen a screenshot actually from a uh, a chat where someone has actually spoken to one of the uh, designers for this. It's all in Chinese, so I'm taking it on face value that this was translated correctly. But they've basically just gone, no, it's been cancelled. Sorry. No explanation, no... It wasn't a cost thing. And so naturally, the conspiracy theories are out there going... Did Hasbro finally pull the trigger on this third-party nonsense and just go, nope. Core so. Star is not really Core Star. It's a robot in disguise. It is actually Unicron. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that was one of the questions posed is that they actually use... And, and to, to clarify, Zeta Toys have been doing mm. third-party stuff for a long time. You can get a, an entire Bruticus very close to Masterpiece scale, you know, all the bots combined together for the Constructicon. So... If they were going after, you know, breach of copyright, you go, well, why haven't they done this years ago? But the speculation is, is mm. that in their advertising for this core star, they actually used the word Unicron. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so you sort of go, oh, It's a big slip, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, look, the other one is, is that it'd be a real slap in the face to Hasbro should theirs not get funded yeah. and then this Zeta Toys one come out. Even though it's a smaller scale and we've discussed some of the differences, 
very interesting to see that it has uh, gone from the face of the planet, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. Much like any planet or moon in the yeah. way of it, Unicron. It's been eaten it's by an devout. even bigger planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. So we've got Guillermo Olivio confirmed that his awesome toy collecting documentary, Plastic Crack, will be back for season two. Before Christmas of this year. You yes. heard it right. Before Christmas of this year. That's only a few months now until Christmas. How damn exciting. So Is we can ex- see what's in that box. That's we right. Can, yeah, oh, exactly. We can finally yeah. see what's in that damn box. The Indiana cliffhanger Jones. from season one. It was a good cliffhanger, let's yeah. be honest. Yep. I was just hoping we were going to get season two because <laughs> otherwise we'd have to go directly to Guillermo to get the inside <laughs> guys, right? right. That's right. Yeah. Got to know what's in the box. Yeah, so no, cl- no clue what else or who else we may see in season two. But it, I can I speak for us all. It is guaranteed to be awesome. Yeah. So he needs to come here and speak to you boys. That's oh I'm yeah, I almost we, we were chatting yeah. online, and I almost said if you ever you know in the the ballpark of Australia, you know, <laughs> just, quick, quick nudge nudge like. Uh, well, he actually it's expense to fly here, mate. Let's yeah, just do it. that's yeah. it. Well, Camaro actually reached out to us when he heard our episode reviewing the show, and was really quite thankful for you know what we said and he goes oh i just it turns out he listened to our show anyway and so this has come on on his morning drive to work and he's gone they're talking about my documentary and then he reckons he's listened to it twice and then he's even forwarded on to other people associated with the show who probably wouldn't listen to a show like ours and said see what they said here about sergio and and all this sorts of stuff he was very very complimentary so thank you for your feedback mate absolutely loved it and um it's great. Well, yeah. it's well-deserved because it is a, an absolutely wonderful show. Like we said, it does showcase the collecting side of the hobby, which is wonderful to see. We see all those mega collectors and all their wonderful collections. And, and yeah, Galuma, we probably... Well, we're not going to say we're necessarily rival some of those collectors, but if you are down this way, we'll definitely make you feel very welcome in Australia yeah, and, and you've definitely got a place to stay and all of that. If you've got time, we, we do know you're very busy uh, with, with a number of projects. But would be wonderful, wonderful, this this international community that is building it. It is so great. For sure. All right. Now, there has been some really exciting news on the NECA Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles product. Always a bit of a black hole when when NECA reveals all this wonderful product (laughs) at San Diego. People say, am I going to be able to get it? You know, is it going to come to my... when? Yeah, Yeah. when can I get it? And this sort of thing. Now, we, we all know Icon Collectibles here through... Um, all their retail chains have been able to get access to the previous NECA products. And again, it was no surprise to see these show up on pop culture in the last couple of days. Now, these are two packs. We are getting re-releases. And if you think back to what we heard at San Diego Comic-Con, they were going to re-release the Turtles, but do them in that slightly lighter shade of green. Mm-hmm. So more around the colors of... You know, the, the, the marketing the material marketing you stuff, see, right? all the, yeah, yeah, all your lunchboxes and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. And they're all that same, uh, you call it grass green, I guess, as opposed yeah. to olive green that we got in the first wave. Correct. Um, so anyway, this, this wave features, I guess, the big two-pack, which is the Bebop and Rocksteady two-pack. They're new. Now we're getting also a double foot soldier pack, which is great, an army builder pack. And the turtles come together this time. So you get pack three, which is Leo and Don, and pack four, which is Raph and Mikey. So Nerds Paradise, shout out to Sam over at Nerds Paradise. He can get them in, so definitely hit up Nerds Paradise. Um, but the question I had on this was on the website. So when I was looking at the pop culture website, they'd taken the olive green mm. images 
And and I wondered, I felt like, well, these are the new sets, right? Because they're coming in the different combinations of figures. So, you know, how the other ones, it was Krang so, and Donnie and, yeah, and that. Yeah. Are these going to be the lighter coloured green or are these the olive green? Well, that's interesting. I haven't seen the box pictures you're talking about where you've got the two turtles in the one box. All the pictures I've seen have been that stock photography of yep. the figures loose and they have been the lighter green ones. Yep. I know oh, okay. uh, Robo Toys was another one yep. who sort of said, you know, announced this stuff and announced the, the, the way that they were packaged. But I haven't actually seen the, the, the pics of them box. So you're saying the box pics are the... No, so they don't have box pics. No, they picks. don't have oh, box They're okay. loose pics. I, I, so just in preparation for the cover f- picture for this episode, it I spent a good 20 minutes trying to find decent photos of these items, right? And nothing. They're, right. They're, they're every okay. single picture on the net is a low, bad, poor resolution yes. photo. Exactly the same. Everyone is sharing the same photos. And it, it's, it's very poor quality. Like it's... It's. I mean, I can get away with poor quality images when it's shrunk down to the size and put them on the cover photo because it's not going to, you know, yeah, it's, it it, because bad. of the size. Yep. But these these resolution is so poor. I've refused to use it. So right. I've used. I'm going to use something else from another line. Um, yep. uh, but uh, everything is yeah too poor. The only ones are from photos from the actual con. Uh, they're the only other decent photos I can find. There's no other good one so i have actually ordered pop culture have done a bit of a, a bundle pack yep. and i've ordered uh the first wave the olive green of bebop rock of, of leo don mikey and raf um i've got the two uh foot soldiers and shredder and krang together yep. but then to sweeten the deal it, they've added on bebop and rocksteady so i'm essentially ordering all those uh what is it five two packs yep and I'm uh, for the price I'm paying, I'm getting Bebop and Rocksteady for free. Okay, so mm. that so I think that's pretty cool. And that's, in my opinion, their way of clearing old stock. Yep. So they're clearing not trying one. to sell. Yeah, clearing wave one yeah. to make way for but the this, new coloured versions. When you actually look at the packaging combinations, they're the new combinations of w- w- the one no, I bought it is, buying or not. Yeah, the one. No, the one Ben you, you sure? bought. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure. It's 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 like we said here. You get Leo and Don and Raf and Mike. But he's getting no, no, no. Getting I'm getting Shredder and Krang, which aren't aren't part of those yeah. that that original two. So yeah, think... they were because no. Shredder came with Leo. Yeah, so that's, Krang so what, came that's, with that's the set I'm getting. Yes. Nah, it's not. It's not sold that way though. It's Ooh. not advertised. Nah, that it's way. not advertised that way. But the pictures are shown that way. This but, is but, the confusion. Okay, okay. but um, but. Shredder and uh, Krang haven't been announced yet. Uh, if he's getting a next... Shredder and Krang, that's the only way they've been boxed up is with Wave One stuff, correct? Yes. I understand date, what you're saying. Today, co- date they have. Yes. Yeah, I understand what you're saying that the pictures are misleading. But if it, if it says it comes with these figures, Shredder, Krang, and the two foot soldiers, it's got to be Wave One, right? Correct. That's what I'm. That's why in yeah. my mind, I'm so, getting... so I just try and say what I'm saying and, and happy if it's wrong or not. Yeah, yeah. But no. the way that because you can buy these separately as well. Yep. So the way that pop culture have listed these is you get Shredder and Krang as a two pack. You get oh, Mikey and okay. you know you get Mikey, Mikey and, and Raph, Raph as yeah. a two pack. You get a, a Foot Soldier two pack. Interesting. And then what Ben bought was all those new two packs in a massive lot of 10. They just joined them together. So this is my my theory yeah. is they don't have the pictures yet. They're using the old pictures. Because they don't have the, the light green ones. Yeah, yeah, but these will be the light. You'll get the light green oh, well, ones. That, cool. That's my bonus. theory. You'll still get all bonus. the figures, right? Yeah, like, bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and look, if you want the light green ones, I'm happy to swap you for the 
Olive yeah, green I'd love to see how they look yeah. in hand. I, yep. I must admit, the olive green, and we've talked about it previously, the olive green, despite being accurate to the cartoon, kind of doesn't do it for me uh, in comparison to like the, the sort of light green. So well, we can we can come up with yeah. the, with yeah. the trade, yeah. yeah. All right, so moving, keeping on the NECA train, uh, the Tiny Toons. So the, uh, NECA have sent out cancellation emails to people and businesses that pre-ordered the Tiny Toons figures. It states... To unforeseen circumstances at this time, we will not be able to offer the Tiny Toons Terror video game Jason and Freddy figures that were just announced. We are hopeful that we can able to offer these again in the near future and we'll keep you informed. So these are sort of these uh, Toon versions of Freddy yeah. and Jason from the horror things in that NES sort of colour scheme, mm. uh, pixelated form, and uh, they've been cancelled. So... so- I'm not sure what... I, I think they've still got the license for Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and thing. I think that's, you know... But I just... Maybe this... The artist or their, mm. you know, their two likenesses against mm. someone's drawings or it could be any fashion of things. Right. Uh, that's my speculation. Or they crunch the numbers and they're like, this isn't... So, can I clarify these? So, it's, it's Freddie and Jason in their toon style. So Correct. We know Necker was delving into some kind of lower price point figures because traditionally mm. they do those really detailed Super, movie accurate yeah. ones that, that yeah. retail here for around 40 to 50 bucks and yeah. they wanted to come in something that was about half this the is, this RRP, is think, right? Think uh, Freddie and Jason uh, uh, special appearance on Tiny Toons uh, Warner Brothers <laughs> yeah. cartoon yeah. Ep- ep- Well, because they had some Penny... They did a Pennywise. They did both the Tim Curry Pennywise and the... Yeah. the most recent Pennywise in that Toon style. Yes, yes. So these were, were 8-bit versions or are I these the Freddy and Jason in that Toon style? They're in Toon style, but I believe they've got that pixelated. So do you reckon we'll get non-pixelated I think, versions I think the, the traditional colour versions okay. you will still get. It's uh-huh. the, the NES colour versions where I think Jason's almost wearing like a purple right. top and uh, Freddy is very much more orange rather than the stripes you yes. used to. Yep. I think those ones you won't see, they've been cancelled for whatever reason, but your traditional coloured okay. in that, you know, sort of cut down style, you'll still get. Yeah, it's understand. interesting. Yeah, I, who knows what's caused that? It seems strange. Mm, it seems yeah. an odd, very select. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Okay, jumping on to some Super 7 news now with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles figures, the pre orders. We're starting to get a few teasers from oh. our friend Brian Flynn over at Super 7. Mm. And this, so if you think what Super 7 are doing, they're basically taking the Playmates toys of the you know, 1988 Wave 1 and 2 and 3 and redoing them in classic style or what they're referring to now as ultimate figures. Mm. So in that 6 to 7 inch scale, full articulation. But the image you know, with the date, so, so basically um, the 1st of October, October we're going to yeah. see pre-orders go. And usually Super 7 put these up for about a month and you can, you can sort of pre-order them. But that image of Raph in that so dark... Nice you know photography style just in the shadows it looked like a, a comics cover right yeah. and it's so nice to see instead of this you know pristine uh photography with a white background and just you know ordering details it was you know you replace the the text on it and put a little like stamp up in the corner and it could have been a, a cover art for a comic book it was very heavily shadowed almost looks like it was raining held by the fact it's got that iconic Raphael head sculpt and just sort of, you know, staring to camera just with a date. It didn't even have the Turtles or Super 7 logo on it, I don't think. Like, it didn't was need just, it, did it? Oh, <laughs> Everyone knew. But beautifully done. Yeah. I'm not a Turtles guy in any way, shape or form, but I'm intrigued by that. I'm I'm waiting to see what comes out. Yep. 
Yeah. They'll be. I think they'll be nice. It's 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 fascinating. You know, when you look at Necker and what they've done with Bebop and Rocksteady, because for me, that Bebop and Rocksteady to get them finally in a very cartoon accurate aesthetic yes. is just a must have. And it always, you know, some of those Wave One figures irked me a little bit. Like, you know, you love them for what they are, but you know, we we always talk about a cartoon accurate Shredder. And, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady, even, even Krang never really looked like he did in the cartoon. Mm. So it's fascinating. Now that NECA have given us all those cartoon versions, I'm, I'm, I don't mind getting kind of a, a toy, toy shredder version. now. Because yeah. it would have irked me if we didn't have the NECA mm. toy, the NECA version. But now I'm, I'm really fascinated to see these things realized back in their sort of toy roots and what, they, what they'll look like. Yeah, well, this goes to that when we spoke with Brian Flynn about how he sat down with the, the boys at Necker and, and sussed out, all right, we've all both got the licenses for Turtles. How do we not step on each other's toes? And it's a really, really clever way to, to appease both markets. If you, you want it like it was on the screen, sure. If you want it like it is from your toy box, we can do that too. Yeah. Like, And I bet you there's a lot of collectors out there that'll be buying both. Oh, so. yes. <laughs> yes. All right, a little bit of uh, TV news now. So we've spoken many times about the oncoming Disney Plus, which is going to be here very soon. Turns out, if you live in the Netherlands, it's already there. Mm. You can basically oh, they, wow. they, so they're the trailblazers. They're the, are they're they're the, 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 the pilot group, and yeah. it comes in at zero dollars. You can basically get it for free. So naturally, people have been delving into this and going, "Oh, well, here's the back catalog." Now I have no doubt that what they have access to at the moment that will probably only grow more and more as it comes up to release date but the interesting one was a whole bunch of old school cartoons that had people frothing uh, at some of the stuff you could get your hands on so as far as from the obviously a lot of marvel stuff we're talking about here there's uh there's fantastic four a lot of these are from the 90s 80s even earlier there's iron man fantastic four incredible hulk silver surfer did you know he had his own cartoon in 96 i didn't no. <laughs> spider woman man spider woman i did not know that yeah, yeah. Wow. there's a couple yeah. of different versions of spider man even spider man and his amazing friends which i think is almost late 70s that, that's got ice yes. and is that the one yeah yeah yeah, uh, uh, Spider has a couple of different versions of Spider Man, as I said, and of course the big one, X Men from 1992. Absolutely, and so that was everyone's like, oh, this is amazing. But then this is the one that I think's flown under the radar a bit. Of course, they have a lot of access to all the Marvel stuff, but that you forget that Disney were the kings of of Saturday afternoon or cartoons mm-hmm. or Saturday morning cartoons, I should say, or after school cartoons even. Are you gonna yeah. sing it? Which one? Chip and Dale. <laughs> yeah, that's one of them. Tales. So they've got as we said, Chip and Dale, uh, Rescue Rangers, Goof Troop, Darkwing oh, Duck. Oh, Goof Troop. Yeah. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. Tailspin. Uh, Ducktales, of course. Gummy Bears, and the other one that I'd almost forgotten about, Gargoyles. Yeah. Yes, Gargoyles. I'm pretty keen to yeah. check. I remember buying a Gargoyles. Uh, from the pegs at wherever and giving it to my best one of my friends for his birthday nice. and like he was just like he opened it in the car he was yep. so psyched just like uh, is the only I, I, I think I remember a bit of the show but I clearly remember that day giving it to him opening up his the wingspan on the gargoyle Huge. and yeah it was, it was a cool figure cool yep. cool cool so yeah so I know a lot of the focus has been on all the you know the movies and TV shows but oh just on those cartoons alone that's enough for me to sign on the dotted line tomorrow mm. <laughs> yeah so what you're saying is I need a VPN to the uh, to the Netherlands <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just for <laughs> a, a few I've, months yeah. I've, I've heard of some people who have tried that apparently mm. <laughs> 
Yeah, very cool. No, that's a great back catalogue. And I think, hopefully, you know, the Mandalorian is going to be the big draw card for me personally. Mm. I'm not going to be able to resist. I'm going to have to get that Disney streaming service as soon as Mandalorian is out. Mm. But it's wonderful to know that, you know, you put your money to something you really want to see that's new and out now, but that your money goes a little bit further because you've got this wonderful back catalogue yep. you can sort of yep. churn through. And there's some really good... I mean, I've, I haven't probably watched a lot of those cartoons since I saw them as a child. Interesting to see how they'll hold up a lot mm. of the Disney stuff. But, I, I mean, Disney is synonymous with quality. So you think some of the, the animation will still look pretty good and you, you hope some of the storylines will, will hold up. Yep. Well, I base all my knowledge of Spider-Man and X-Men from those cartoons. <laughs> like, I, I used to watch them on Foxtel, tape them. You know, yeah, they used yeah. to be on two or three times a day and I'd tape them and watch them. And, uh, I'd, yeah, I, I love that shows. I just I cannot wat- wait to watch them again because they've got Daredevil, um, mm. you know, uh, Captain America, everyone all in Spider Man. Yeah, they all uh, show crossover. Up. You've got the whole Dark Phoenix saga mm. uh, in X Men. Uh, just yeah, so so iconic. I cannot wait. Yeah, mm. that theme music to that X Men comic uh, show. That, that's amazing. Yeah. That's just oh, dancing yeah. through my yeah. head yeah. right now. The minute yeah. anyone yeah. says yeah. X Men '92, that's yeah. what you're hearing. And, yep. and yeah, anyone else get those videos that like pop up on Facebook or YouTube, where it's some guy riffing the out. Guitar. Yeah, he's just yeah. got just got him <laughs> doing the guitar work, and I can just listen to that all day. <laughs> yeah, so good. Absolutely, rocking out. All right, we're gonna end our news, and we're gonna head into a very exciting topic now. We are lucky enough to take a look at this wonderful book uh, the book is called A World Without Reality and it's inside Marvin Glass's Toy Vault this is a book written by Bill Paxton and Bill Bill got in contact with us a couple of months ago and had, had told us he had the book coming out and asked us if we did want to have a copy to have a look at and he did send that through and I, I didn't know what to sort of expect from this book but I'm holding it in my hands and I just almost can't convey the size and amount of work that has gone into this book. It's impressive. It, it, it is. Like it's okay. So it's sort of, it's, it's oversized to start with. So it's a, it's a big book. Uh, it's got, I just have to go do a quick page count. It's got over 600 pages, Oof. full color. Um, we'll talk to some of the stats in a minute, but this is on the, the life of Marvin Glass who has been described as sort of a cross between Willy Wonka and Howard Hughes. But he was essentially the, the, the guy behind all the really innovative toys that, that we grew up with, all the way through from the 40s through to the 1980s. Wow. And he was the guy responsible essentially for this sort of the think tank or the R&D, the research and the ideas, the innovation in toys and he would then license those ideas to the big toy manufacturers. So the Milton Bradleys and the Hasbros and the Mattels would all come in, even the Panache Places, as yes. we'll get to yep. in a minute, yep. would come in and basically buy the the IP, buy the the the, the basically the, the intellectual property that he created. And, and that's what they do. So if you think about all those crazy, incredible toys that had so Dicks. much to them, yeah. then mm. they will you know, really sophisticated ideas. Like Im- immediately my mind went to things like operation, you know, the, the yeah. game where you've got the, the patient and he's got the red nose and you've got to pick out the funny bone and mm-hmm. you've got tweezers. And if you touch the edge, it, it basically sets off the alarm yep. and games like mousetrap, you know, wow. really complicated games. 
Well, these are all ideas and concepts that were originated by Marvin Glass. So that, that's what we're talking about today. Now, this book, um, Bill spent nine years researching the material for this book. And it is essentially, you know, the most complete um, picture of, of Marvin Glass's work. He chronicles all the toys that basically were created by Marvin Glass and Associates. And, and you know, you, I did some research as we were leading into one of the Toy Power episodes on cops. Um, Marvin Glass and Associates came up as the, basically, they, they worked with Hasbro, so mm. they came up with the ideas. If you think back to that line, a lot of cap-firing action features, um, you know, that you had buttons, but boom, boom, had the fold-down chest and, yep. and all the sort of innovation that went into that. Marvin Glass and Associates were behind that toy line. And, you know, you have a bit of a look on, on Wikipedia and sort of get an idea of the number of toys that Marvin Glass might have got. Incomplete, you know, well incomplete. And, and this book by, by Bill has really gone to the nth degree to, to, to work through all those details. And it's, it's quite an amazing feat. And if you actually go in some of the history around the writing of this book, you know, a lot of the employees were actually getting getting older and, and were unfortunately, you know, passing away just due to age. So he was really under a, a race against the clock to interview these people yeah. and, and basically get the information so he could compile compile the book. And there's some amazing stories of how he tracked people down and, and the, the time it took to basically, you know, find these people mm. where they'd ended up and, and basically do the interviews before that information was kind of lost forever. Because the thing you've got to bear in mind with with Marvin Glass is, you know, we, we refer to him or, or Bill refers to him sort of as the, the Willy Wonka and that is because he was so secretive. So a lot of this information and he, and he had a lot of different personas for the different roles that he'd play. So mm. his business persona was very different to his family persona, etc. So a lot of this information was sort of hidden and had to really be unpacked and unpicked. Mm. And so, you know, those conversations with actual people that knew him mm. were so important. Yeah. I mean, you talk about secretness and uh, keeping... He, he kept his toy prototypes in vaults in his office and things like wow. hidden areas. And there's schematics in the book where they've sort of replicated a diagram of of his office and this is where he had vault one vault two this <laughs> is under his you know the floorboards is another vault you know where he'd hide because you can imagine i've just made this toy it's not going to fit in a normal regular uh filing cabinet site size safe <laughs> you're going to need some big areas to hide a large item so you could just imagine he'd he would have had to create extra spaces and things to hide these uh <laughs> <laughs> the, the you know these potential money makers i mm. suppose so yeah yeah no absolutely fascinating story he was a a unique character and there is talk and i think there's some some work that has happened to make a film out of marvin glass's life and none other than jim carrey is slated uh, to play the, the role of perfect. of marvin glass but just to give it i guess a bit of context to what he was like he um was was very much the character and uh, I think in one case they had a toy fair on and he and his friend, they decided that he would basically portray one of the, um, the sheiks or the sultans, essentially, and, and played this character, sort of got dressed up in all the gear. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they, they phoned ahead to the hotel and they said, you know, we've got a very important visitor <laughs> came. He was all dressed up and he'd only talk, you know, he wouldn't 
ever he address talk, any of the, the staff. He talked yeah, through his monitors right. and basically played this this role of of getting you know basically the best accommodation in in, <laughs> in town under the guise of you know playing character. So when you when you sort of hear those stories. You think very much. I mean, that's just Jim Carrey's yeah, bread and butter. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely fascinating. Um, I, you do have to kind of... We, we, I mentioned a few of the, the toy lines that Marvin was responsible for, um, but it is worth kind of going through. And the, the book is fascinating. So it goes through all of Marvin's early life and does mention that his, his mother was actually put in an insane asylum. Yes, so she yes. was institutionalised. Yeah. Um, so you know, obviously some some um, family dynamics there, but what I found fascinating reading the book was there was it went through the whole you know the forties and you think to toys in the forties mm. and you think to World War Two, and and something I'd kind of never even put my head to was with all the rationalisation and all the effort to put you know, plastics and metals and wood and all those sorts of materials that they might have used to make toys out of into the war effort and mm. even commandeer the, the big manufacturing yes, plants yes. that yeah. would, yeah. would produce the toys. You know, toy makers had to turn to, to paper and cardboard and make toys out of this. And there are some amazing images and stories about the sorts of toys they actually could make out of cardboard, like entire ferris wheels that you would you'd sort of punch out and fold up and it would all be printed and you put it together and you'd make this elaborate ferris wheel so there's there's some wonderful stuff in there about sort of the early days and the sorts of innovation and concepts they had to come up with mm. under the the limited resources model that they were given so wow. that that's sort of a, a fascinating start to to you know what what he was working on that's right and it's almost a book that caters for every age like you can Cater to us who's got the uh, nostalgic 80s vibe. It can it in, um, caters for your parents who probably, you know, grew up in the, remembers the bigger, uh, to, you know, the, the older tin toys and things. And maybe even your grandparents who can sort of reflect back on the times when toys weren't available and they purchased those cardboard items and things. So it's not just... Uh, aimed at us it goes so much further deep in deeper mm. in history and uh, caters for all age groups so i think that's very important to um address oh, oh it is it goes through the whole history and, and in fact uh, i met darren in in town so so bill sent the book uh, to darren and darren darren had a read and, and had a look and showed it to his parents and the the comment that darren told me sort of when we met up and he he gave me the book to have a bit of a look at was how it had touched so many generations. So t showing it to his his parents. So you know, Darren's in his, Darren's forty, so you can sort of get an idea of the age of his parents. And there were toys in there and and ideas in there that they remembered from their childhood. So it was that reminiscing across all the multi generations. Age, all yeah, the age groups. Yep. this is a really and and because if you think about it, you know, if you look at the history of say. Hasbro, the history of Mattel, or the history of Kenner—you know—that's a—it's a fascinating thing to follow. But here you've got uh, a guy or or a company that was essentially over the top of everything. Mm. So they've got their fingers. We'll talk a little bit about later, but you know, masters of the universe. Where did the 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 battle damage He-Man concept or the mechanism the roller, come from? Yeah, the yeah. roller—that's a Marvin Glass and Associates concept. The attack track, the mechanism in that. So. It, it touches on so many different things that, that are in our childhood. You know, all the games we played and, and, and all the toys and all the ideas. If it was a complicated toy, 
it, it was likely that Marvin Glass and Associates had some That's sort right. of role to play. That's know? right. And just talking about the battle armor aspect of the rolling bit. So they've so he sold that idea to Mattel. Mattel lapped it up. Wicked put it in their He-Man line and it's gone gangbusters. Then Malvin's glass has gone back and looked at it again and thought, I can do something different with this. And then resold it to Mattel again in the, in the form of a Hot Wheels or Matchbox as a crashing mechanism. So when the, you oh, crash the course. front of the car, yep. the bonnet yep. flips around and it's it's got a, a crack in it or a side mechanism. You hit the side mm. uh, T, T-bone a car and it uh, comes. So he's got... Du- you know, double bang for his money <laughs> yeah. uh, out of a very similar concept. But he's, it's just that imagination that he sees things differently to what other people do. Yes. And he can uh, see these uh, ideas and uh, create them and then hand them forward to, um, to larger companies. And yeah, that's how he sort of built his business on. So yeah, I'll touch on a few things and then I want to get, maybe I'll shoot over to you, Ben, for the story on Voltron because it, it is a sensational story that we just have to touch on here and it's right down our alleys of one of our oh, one sure. of our favorite toys yeah. <laughs> but i just do want to touch on this so um it's got it features over 130 playthings from the 40s through to the 80s as i said um profiled with compelling behind the scenes creation stories of items such as operation simon light bright rock'em sock'em robots oh. mousetrap as i mentioned yakety yak teeth Whoops, which was the fake vomit that, uh, I mean, like, just, just, you know, that generated that whole concept. The pie face game, toss across, hands down, mystery date, evil Knievel stunt cycle, and a lot more. And, and the book is jam packed with all, you know, uh, I think 200 original color photographs, um, including really rare prototypes, a thousand additional images of ads, patents, TV commercials. Um, glass family photos. I think there's even some Playboy pics in there as well um, <laughs> with the with the appropriate parts all blacked out. Um, and then you, you sort of get to the end of the story, which you can very much read as sort of almost like a an encyclopedia or a reference material as, as you sort of go through. And the encyclopedia, uh, sorry, the appendix, um, or there's in fact six six appendixes um, that, that go through all different sorts of things, like so complete lists of all the toys, and there's a video game section in there, or yes, coin-operated yep. game section in there as well. So it is just, it is absolutely jam-packed. It is the definitive uh, research material on Marvin Glass and his work. And, and I suspect when uh, the producers come around to making the Jim Carrey film about this, mm. this will be the, the, the book the that they, they're yeah, given yeah, to basically sure. come up yeah. with that. But yep. um, tell us a little bit about this story yeah, on, so, on Voltron. So, uh, so Voltron's hit, uh, as we can remember, uh, Voltron is a... Um, offshoot of go lion from Jap- japan so uh go lion comes to american shores in the form of called voltron and panosh place wins the rights to create the voltron toy line so panosh go to uh the melvin glass studio and say we need this toy line to come out to um you know sort of in the same time frame as when the uh, cartoon is going to be redubbed and uh, uh, filtered down to the US viewing and and also they want to market it towards the New York Toy Fair I think of 86 or something 85 my dates might be a bit off but New York Toy Fair so in order to do this they have Eight weeks, eight, <laughs> eight, uh, no, eight months. Is it eight months or eight? Weeks? I thought it was eight weeks. Eight months is no, it was eight reasonable, weeks. but eight weeks. It was eight weeks. Insane. Okay, yeah. Eight, well, yeah, they had a very, very minute time, like an unheard so this- of 
crazy period. This to might get have this taken done. two years. Yes, for usually, example. usually a toy in, line in the, in the industry from from start to finish, from concept to uh, creation, pretty much uh, to you know showcasing at these uh, events is two years. And these guys had a outrageous limited time frame to do it. But the uh, flip on this as well is they didn't just produce one toy line. They had to produce double of everything because one toy line was going to be showcased at New York Toy Fair. The other one was being shipped, sent to the factory in China or wherever, where it was going to be used as uh, the um, color, the master color, the master mold, the master, you name it, uh, point of, yeah, uh, of reference to large, produce. Yeah, large yeah. manufacturing yeah. of this toy line. So all 40 team members of the Melvin Glass Studio worked on the line, sometimes plugging up to 12-hour shifts in doing so. Jeez. They worked around the clock. All their holidays and things were cancelled and, and uh, reimbursed. Christmas is cancelled. Yeah, sorry, kids, Christmas is cancelled. Uh, but um, long story short, it paid off in uh, bucket loads. And uh, as we all know it, you know, retrospecting uh, 35 years uh, now, Panos Voltron toy line yeah. was an absolute hit yeah. and uh, a mega seller. And there's prototype photos of uh, landscapes and things of the Voltron Panos playset uh, toy line complete with the Voltron uh, Castle of Lions the uh, all the pilots and things nice. but if you look really closely you see a myriad of extra villains in there that you've got the uh, the Dooms uh, castle as well you've got a Robeast that was ne- I have never seen that Robeast uh, picture uh, character before you've got um, regular sort of um, uh, what's the planet Aora uh, is it Allura? Allura? Princess Allura? No, uh, uh, what's the planet called that Voltron's on? Anyway, that planet, you got oh, planet no. guards and things, uh, like all these extra characters that never made the toy line. And through all the toy history and things, I've looked at Voltron, I've never seen these pictures before. Right. So it, to, to seeing things like this in this book is absolute toy history 101 right there. It's absolutely astounding and um, worth every you know dollar uh seeing all these uh, new you know b- b- broadening my knowledge mm. essentially it's amazing so. See, see hearing that story about Voltron makes me want to go out and you know try and find knowing the the sheer amount of hours and blood sweat and tears that went into making that in that ridiculous time frame it makes me want to go out and find a complete set and buy yeah. one yeah. now like <laughs> yeah it's incredible puts it in a new perspective yeah. it's, it's it's a fascinating story to see the workings behind it. And, and that one's just spectacular in terms of what they were able to achieve. Yeah, that's um, great. And probably no one else in the industry could have done that. No, um, no. Absolute, absolutely incredible. I, I do, unfortunately, Darren wasn't here today, but uh, he did make some notes in our run sheet. And, and I just want to read some of those now because I think it goes very much to, to some of those comments I, I briefly alluded to. But um, he says, some of the things that struck me about this book is the real-life challenges and adversity that Marvin Glass and his family faced, including what happened to his mother. So it is that it is very much his story at the start and, and how you know what his life is. And it, it does then go into some of the elaborate parties. I think he was really into Halloween and they would have all these elaborate parties and, and big parties and, and you know costumes and dressing up and all that all that sort of things. Um, and then he says, reading the book and showing the book to my parents, I considered how my parents' era and generation was covered, not only in this book, but Marvin Glass's toy company in the 1950s, the era that my late grandfather worked as Santa or Father Christmas in the John Martin's Magic Cave. 
um, which which Darren's late grandfather worked from 64 to 1970. He says he must have been asked for some of these toys. Um, and then he, he mentions, obviously, the era of Masters of the Universe, the Battle Armor He-Man, Battle Armor Skeletor, action features, Voltron and Coleco Rambo of line, course, which, yes. was, which he was yeah. involved in as well. And, and Cops as well, from my, my understanding, yes. that, uh, yeah. that they did get involved in. So, I mean, if you're into your toy history, um, I, I can't recommend this book enough for the amount of, of work that has gone into it. Like, it's an absolute an absolute marvel of a, of a piece of work. Um, can't recommend it highly enough. You wouldn't be disappointed uh, with this. The the MSRP on it is, is $59.99. I'm sure you can... I know we had a bit of a look. You can jump on all your big online book retailers to order it. Uh, Amazon, I believe, has it. But um, I'm certainly going to be ordering my own copy of this uh, and jumping on because it is just a, a wonderful... A wonderful uh, piece of work that that Bill's been able to achieve. All right. Any any questions or any comments on on that before we? Oh, I just I highly recommend it. I think it's wealth of knowledge as as much as the internet can provide you all this knowledge and things. Uh, if you dive deep enough, I think there's still something classic to a physical holding something in your hand. Yeah, and the, the internet just can't come close to this sort of Well, you even said the knowledge. Wikipedia was, was largely incomplete. It's, as far it's as, not complete. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It just it just can't get to this level. You know, and, and, and to the fact to the point where I can physically take it to my mum and say, hey, mum, have a look at this, who, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, barely can open her emails at home. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's it's amazing to showcase and get her feedback uh, showing her pictures and things like that. Um, I just think it's truly magic and uh worth every penny yeah and thank you very much to uh bill paxton for you know uh, sending that on to us he did that at uh, at his own cost and we're very grateful for that and you know hopefully we've um we've done it justice mate because it is a, a massive book and a, and a massive uh, undertaking and no doubt a huge part of of your life so well done yeah a massive massive part of his life and definitely inspired by the by the clock really mm. um just quickly you know who is Bill Paxton? If if you haven't heard the name, and I'm sure a lot of people in the in the toy industry have, but he is as well Chicago based, and he's a, a toy and game inventor who has about 30 years of experience and does similar things to what what Marlon Glass and Associates did um, back in the day. And I believe a lot of then uh, the employees from when Marvin Glass was wound up in in the 80s did go on and did go on to do sort of mentoring roles for people like people like Bill in Chicago. Um, so he lives in Chicago with his wife and, and twin boys. So he, he's also got a previous biography about a 1920s boxing champion that is titled The Fearless Harry Greb, biography of a tragic hero of boxing. And you can find out more at www.marvinglassbook.com. In the picture actually on the website, he's got a number of toys that I suspect he's been involved in producing. And there's an, a, a wonderful Imaginext alien in there that, yeah. that oh, uh, nice, I know nice. Callum absolutely loves uh, with all the play features so you can already see that and that Imaginex line is a very good example of some innovation in toys you can still see that legacy of Marvin Glass sort of living on with with the modern toy designers like Bill Paxton so it is wonderful to see it is a wonderful story to follow and, and well worth checking out can't recommend it highly enough alright we do have one last segment and Scotty, we're going to start with you. This segment is called Perfect Modern Toys. And the whole idea of this segment is to pick 
I guess, a modern toy or a toy in the last sort of 10 to 15 years that has been produced that you think, well, that's it. That's the definitive version of the toy. Now that I've got that version, I don't need to get anything else. It's perfect. They're not going to be able to improve on it. Done. Sign me off. I am finished. Do you have anything in your collection or any toy that you've got that sort of meets that criteria where you go, it's just, it's perfection. It's personified as as the epitome of that character. Yeah, I sure do. In fact, it's the first toy I picked up a couple of years ago or pre-ordered a couple of years ago that got me back into toy collecting. Uh, on my Facebook feed, I had uh, the image of MP36 come through. Mm. I'm pretty sure Frank's got one on the shelf. Over there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and I just saw this picture come up and time literally stopped. <laughs> I'm just staring at this figure and I'm like, that is not my Megatron from childhood. <laughs> this is absolutely amazing. This is fantastic. It looks so real. Yep. Straight away, online, placed an order for it. I had to wait nine months. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, it epitomizes everything that figure in my mind as a child should have been. Yep. I've transformed it once, put it into gun mode. Hey, this is pretty cool. Yep. But it's got to go back to alt mode to stand on the shelf brilliant engineering yes the intricacy of that transformation it honestly you go through it the first time I transformed it three plus hours yeah, yeah wow. and I'm YouTubing yep. some of these steps because they're so elaborate Yep, and the accessories he comes with, he gets like the the um, Energon sort of mace stuff. He's got Correct. the the sword for that. You sort of features in damage chest in, plates, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the damage face, different face plates yep. and stuff. Yep, even the I think the little pistol that features in I think that's in the movie, like a little purple pistol thing. And is it the Crimson he comes with a little spark, that little yellow spark thing? Well, maybe that comes with MP5. I'm getting confused. No, I reckon he comes with 36. comes with one of those. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gorgeous figure. Everything about that figure is exactly what I'm looking for. It is absolutely iconic. It's probably the best masterpiece I've seen come through. Damn. Yep. Nice. Absolutely. Good call. What a, what a pick. Mm. All right. For me, I've chosen Hasbro Power Rangers Lightning Collection Lord Zed. Now, everybody knows I'm a diehard Voltron fan, but <laughs> I have to admit a good-looking villain when I... You know, see one, and I've got. A, I'm a bit of a sucker for uh, Mr. Lord Zed here, with his brain hanging out the top of his head and um, <laughs> his big, uh, big eye shield glasses and things. Um, he is essentially Hasbro have gone, you know, to the next level with this guy. He's got over 30 points of articulation. He's essentially a Marvel uh, Legends figure. Uh, he's got um, comes in a little grenade uh, thing, a futuristic grenade thing. He's got a wicked little his uh, token staff with the Z. But then to top it off, he's got the uh, fire magic. What would you call that? Yeah, magic yeah. effect. Magic effect on the top. Is that removable? Yes, yes. it is. Yeah. Yep. yeah, so you can put it on his hands. You know, so he's like mm, blasting, blasting or something. Yep. Yeah, which I've done. Uh, but the tubes, the tubes is what really um, mm. sets him apart from other toy lines and things. So in the live action TV series, he had these tubes going all around him. I, I'm not sure why, but that's that's sort of what the character was built around. And um, the Hasbro have brilliantly uh, included these tubes on there without uh, obstructing the articulation yeah. whatsoever. They look fantastic. They photograph fantastic. And um, they it, the overall figure uh, is just fantastic. 
Um, I've got to shout out Robert Alex Rudd, uh, the voice of Lord Zed in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He actually passed away at the age of 70 at the early um, September of this year. So a bit of sad news, a bit of um, uh, reconciliation for the, you know, he's been memorized in plastic form in yep. such a perfect re- uh, rendition, uh, may I say the least. So, um, yeah, just awesome. Love this guy. Probably the only Power Rangers figure you will ever see in my collection. But uh, Lord Zed just looks so cool. Um, I had to have him. So yeah, and it's not like uh, it's not like a Shredder where there's lots of different versions of Shredder. He he doesn't get a lot of figure love. The old Lord Zed, and I think you've got one of the vintage ones. Is I've that right? Got, yeah, I've got one of the very early, uh, very very early '90s Bandai uh, figures, and it's uh, you know both five points of articulation, very bulky and uh, stale, stagnant sort of looking thing. Um, the everything's molded there's no you know extra pipes or anything for his uh yeah he's just very basic looking and this is just the this upgrade in modern version is just outstanding in my opinion so perfect done last ever lord zed figure we need because it's perfect that's right that's that's right. right Speaking of perfect figures, I've gone with Marvel Legends and I have gone with the uh, Toys R Us exclusive version of everybody's favourite walking tree, Groot. (laughs) Now, there is a -a Build-A-Figure version of this that you'll find uh, out and about, but this one came in his own little box. Uh, Being Groot, he stands about a third taller than your average Marvel Legends, so the knees were actually, or from the knee down, was a separate piece that you then had to plug in. And look, there's a couple of things that stand out to me out of this one it's not a symmetrical figure, right? Mm. So if you were to actually look at all the detailing on the legs and the arms, no two, it doesn't look like there's any reused parts, which uh, for a figure like that is pretty incredible because how easy would it be? All right, we've gone to all the sculpting and all the paintwork on one arm, bugger it, let's just yeah. flip it and invert it for the other arm. No, they haven't done that. The other one that really jumps out to me is his face. In an era where... You know, uh, particularly in the superhero genre, all your figures are, are grimacing and tough or got a very sort of stoic look on their face. He's just got that lovely Groot smile. He's like, oh, I am, you know, and it's that shot from Guardians 1 where he's just, you know, shot through a dozen guards and thrashed them around and killed them all, turns around to Star Lord and he just smiles and he's like, yeah, yeah, that'll work. Like, it's just that wonderful, innocent smile that he's got. Uh, if that's not enough, it also comes with a little child-sized Groot and even a little Groot in the pot plant that you see at the end of the film. Um, yeah, I, I, I no doubt there will be more Groot toys. There's probably, I believe there's, maybe it's Prime 1 or Hot Toys did like a, a statue of Groot where you got Hot rockets toys. sort of hanging oh, on no. the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, over that very iconic scene where they're just going nuts being a statue and, and that sort of hot toys price not exactly very affordable to me if you're a kid and you wanted the ultimate version of Groot that, that's the one you do it he's in scale great little cool accessories I even love the, the paint on it it's uh, obviously a mostly brown figure there's not a lot of paint but there's just enough of wash in it to bring out the details green to give it that sort of hey he's actually a, a living tree if you will um, wonderful wonderful figure I remember getting the tree beard figure from Toy Biz's Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, um, and uh, they did a they did a big life size sort of well in, in know, scale, in scale yeah. kind of bigger deluxe version, which I never got. But they did a, a smaller figure size version, which I did get, mm. and uh, go very nicely next to next to Groot <laughs> oh, as a walking tree, little little buddy, little buddy, little yeah, tree nice. friend, little ant friend. <laughs> but no, it is a wonderful figure. It's so super cool that green wash is. 
very nicely done and his face has so much character yep. to it and um, they've really nailed it so almost no, looks like a moss sort of uh, yeah you know just just effect. growing yeah just i love it off yeah, the bar. beautiful no, very 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 yeah. cool yeah that look on his face he's definitely having a good day yeah okay yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, i just killed some people yeah. all right yeah <laughs> Um, I I was going to bring in a, a figure which I, I didn't know I might bring him in next time we do this segment um, but partly because I couldn't actually access him in time <laughs> he was he was under a few things but in, in its place something I could access is the Raphael by Necker in the in the seven inch scale uh, based on the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I brought in Raph. I mean, I was looking at them all, and they're all wonderful in their own way. Donnie is probably my favourite turtle, um, but I just think in terms of the head sculpt, they've just nailed that yep. expression on Raph. He is for a for a basic sort of figure that that is you know in that thirty dollar US sort of price point here between forty forty five fifty dollars should be able to pick him up. Just a, a wonderful version of the the movie style, and and that's done. Like, yep. you know, I don't need another movie figure now that I've got this. I know Playmates dabbled. Playmates got a line, um, <clears throat> I don't know what it was about, sort of six seven years ago, called Play, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Classics. And this was at the time. This was going to be the line that got me all those sort of cartoon versions of the characters. And they started off with with cartoon, and then they went in. They got very heavy on on Turtles variants, and we got the movie variant well, they, shortly after. They were movie only in name. They so were like they were the the entire body was reused. They were slightly different colors, and then they put new head sculpts on them. And I use the word new head sculpts very loosely because they weren't great. They weren't great, <laughs> but it, it's just it just goes to show, you know. And those figures weren't super cheap. Mm. The the Playmates figures. I mean, I, I think I paid. $40 Australian. Now, I know they wow. showed that was through Peter at Pulp Fiction at the time. He got them in for me. He ordered them, and that, that was the price $40. I think I've still got the sticker on them. <laughs> uh, I think later on, then they came to Toys R Us, and they might have been around that 25 to 30 mark, and, and they were sort of clearance at some point. But to then think that pretty much for that same sort of price, you're getting this quality of figure with those paint apps, that sculpt, the detail. It's just, it's a marvel. Mm. It's essentially a, a, an absolutely wonderful figure that has just captured those hints and designs so perfectly. Sign me off. I'm done. I yep. don't need another movie turtle. You don't want a one quarter one? I've got the one quarter one oh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call, and they're essentially the same figure, right? Just, just in different scales. But no, they, they are beautiful. And, and Necker are just uh, absolutely hitting it out of the park. That shredder. Wait until you guys get your hands on that six seven inch scale shredder oh. because i, I, I got I, I got that uh, i couldn't resist i couldn't wait so i went out and i bought that uh, san diego comic-con pack you opened and, it i haven't opened it but i've admired him from inside oh. the box and he is he is absolutely sensational so yeah. good very jealous very good any closing comments or shout outs i did want to do one shout out i'll jump in quickly and say a very big congratulations to our patreon trent barrett or captain wow on the discord for the birth of his third child that uh, was born a couple of days ago oh, cool. so yeah, great great news yes he's, he's done very well and he said said to me um you know the birthing process always is, is just crazy and, and, and you know not comfortable until it's all done and all sorted and, and all good but then you had had little little bubs 
which I haven't heard heard the name yet. Okay. Um, but little bubs bubs look like they're all doing well. So congratulations to to Trent and Jess Barrett. Wonderful news. Excellent. 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 I want to give a big shout out to Guillermo, uh, also um, Justice and the crew behind Plastic Crack. Uh, Much appreciated all the page shares and feedback we have received after the last recording. You know, really means a lot to us. Like we got... Got our page shared a lot, and uh, hopefully reached some new listeners and things. And uh, Guillermo was just his words and communication was just so humble and things to to us about um, our review, and uh, really appreciate it. So, uh, and uh, we meant it all. We really, really enjoyed the Plastic Crack documentary. So, mm. well, we yeah. now and um, we got the the go ahead as we did in the news segment to give the release date or the sort of time frame for for season two. So, um, now that's that's. Very exciting, and we're so happy to sort of be part of that journey and, and see where that heads. Wonderful. All right, on that note, oh, Scotty, Scotty's got I'd some I'd like to put a shout out to yeah. all yeah. the members of our Patreon group. G'day, guys, how are you? Thanks for doing the bit for, for Toy Power. And if you're a listener and you haven't sort of looked down that uh, pathway as yet, get on board and have a look. I reckon there's uh, three levels of uh, involvement that you can uh, jump yep. on board and, and, and participate in and it's a very rewarding experience. Oh, uh, that, so, was, that wasn't that was even paid for, was it? <laughs> that's, uh, uh, was it technically? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's very kind. Oh, look, I mean, I'd probably say it. We, we try not to push it too much because we know not everyone's got, you know, the, the, the income to spread yeah. around. It is, we, we very much appreciate and humbled by any, any sort of donation that, that you guys make. And certainly you don't need to, to contribute to be a fan of the community and, and to be welcomed into our arms. But the, the Discord is a wonderful place. I have mm. such a great time on there. So much great conversation. Yeah, and, definitely. And do love yeah. it. it. It is a wonderful place to hang out. And everyone is always so so warm and generous on there. It is it is very special. Except so. for Phil. Nobody likes Phil. <laughs> <laughs> we love Phil in, a, in, our, in our special way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, no, thanks, Scotty, and thanks for coming on uh, the show and, and taking the shoes of Darren for this one. Um, Big shoes and, to Phil, gentlemen. <laughs> but we will we'll get to know Scotty in our next episode, so we'll do all the get-to-know-you questions as, as is typical mm. of Toy Power. And... Big shout out to all our patrons, as Scotty said, and to all our listeners for tuning into another episode of Toy Power. We really appreciate it. And hopefully we will see you around the toy aisles or at the next toy con that we have here in Adelaide. Definitely. Come and yeah. say hi. Yeah. We'll be there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Brett's uh, toy and comic show. Yeah. Mm. Until next time, uh, good journey. <laughs> you can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume we're awesome we are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people want to learn more go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows well they're not more awesome than us but they're yeah. oh, oh, oh.